We're back, episode 30 of Built for Better. Uh, this episode's with Michael Chidley. Me and Chids went to Bali together on a fitness retreat with Travis Jones. Uh, Chids is the manager of an RBT in Perth, and he's also a Les Mills presenter. Um, this was recorded about a month ago with the gym reopening. Uh, I've been a little bit caught. I've got a couple of really good episodes banked that I'm going to get out. Um, but yeah, but really good episode. Before we get into this, let's roll the intro. I'm sick of us not doing this right. That's why I think I'm cutting you from my life. No more. I'm sick of us not doing this right. That's why I think I'm cutting you from my life. No more wasted energy spending a pace for every hour of wait. I need an escape to center me. And I don't mean to make a rush for the door, but time's a currency. I'm currently poor. I'll be leaving it soon. I don't mean to be rude, but this scene ain't for me. Like your mom's seeing your nudes. I got peace. Hey, mate. Thanks for jumping on. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. Hey, Bean. Yeah, pretty good. It's uh, raining here in Perth at the moment. Got caught out in the rain a little bit earlier on, so I've dried off now, but we're good. <laughs> the, uh, the gyms in Perth are all opened up. How's that going? Yeah, it's going awesome. Uh, we Obviously, there's some restrictions and some rulings in place, so it's, uh, it was a lot of work to get it back to like you know where we could have people coming in and there were strict guidelines on certain things that we have to uphold. So it's been really good because our members have um, you know pulled together and followed everything that we've had to. Um, and they've literally just announced like minutes ago that um, we can have up to 100 people um, back now. So that starts as of next Friday. So What does uh, that mean, 100 100 people inside. So before we were only like allowed 20 um, or still we're currently only allowed 20 people. But, um, yeah, it just means like gatherings and things like that can now go back to 100 people. So cheering. Fuck, I hope that happens in New South Wales. Yeah. <laughs> just 20 would be good. I'd be happy with that. Yeah. Are you guys not open yet? No. No. Oh, well, fingers crossed for you, mate. <laughs> Bali, what a time that was. So we went on uh, Travis's retreat to Bali together. That's kind of where we got to know each other. Yeah, yeah, it was a good time. Learned a, learned a lot on that and, um, yeah, met some great people like you and, um, you know, the other guys from, you know, America and England. Like it was such a, such a cool thing, yeah. What, uh, had you been to Bali prior to that? You would have done being from Perth. Yeah, I'd been, um, I think I'd been like maybe once or twice before. Um, so yeah, very chilled out, um, for like when, when we went, it was a, a totally different experience. It was more of the, the party vibes and, um, holidaying, but, um, yeah, I, the fitness retreat was amazing. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. And, um, how far a flight from Perth to Bali? I think it's like three hours, three hours one way and maybe like four the other. Like it's, yeah, it's not that bad. Quicker than getting to Sydney. Bro, it's it's so and it's so cheap as well. Like sometimes it's like a hundred bucks, like one way, like so good. So when you went um, over on other trips, had you trained at all? No, no. So when I went, it was more. It definitely was not like what we uh, went on together. Um, so yeah. And what was your highlight of the trip with Trav? Um, I think. 
I think the biggest thing that I took away from that retreat was like just some of the mindset stuff that we went through, like that stuff really um, intrigues me because that's the kind of stuff that we work with in our gym, um, you know. So, and obviously like, you know, Trav is our CEO and the owner of our company. So, um, to spend time in a room with him and and others as well and listen to their stories and their take on things. But, um, yeah, the mindset stuff was interesting to um, be there and have it all in person. Yeah, he's a powerful man, isn't he? Yeah. It's good at talking. <laughs> yeah, he can talk underwater, no doubt. Yeah. What um, training-wise, like training was f- fairly hard, like just yeah. Yeah. two sessions a day. I was I was really – I think I got leaner in Bali, like <laughs> when we were there. Um, you were already and, lean when you got there, though. Like you'd prepped your body pretty hard for that too, huh? Yeah, I did, yeah. I did uh, – that was one of my goals going to Bali. Like I knew – maybe like six months out that, you know, I was going to be going to this like fitness retreat. So I, I did start like training pretty hard, like up until that point, um, which was good because it gave me something to work towards. Um, and I suppose as well to show my members and my clients that I work with that, you know, I can practice what I preach and put myself through something for a reason. But um, yeah, the training in Bali was, was intense. Like, you know, in the morning was, um, was it more of a it was strength in the morning, wasn't it? And then, like, we would do something, like, more, like, conditioning-based in the afternoon. Um, but I think we were really lucky to also have, like, that handstand, like, workshop, like, um, I think Upe was his name. Like, um, there were some cool things that he taught us um, and the yoga was, like, decent as well. Like, yeah, that was cool. But that was probably, like, another highlight was, like, doing it in that little room and having, like, the sun go down, like, over the rice paddy fields. Like, that was That was sick. awesome. Like, Empire Fit Club, um Crazy, crazy. That's a great facility, yeah. I um, I actually come home and planned to run my own fitness retreat. But, oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, booked it, everything. Had clients that paid, like, but had to cancel it. It was due to be 12th of July. I'm just looking at the calendar, but that's, uh, oh, that's no. not going to happen. Yeah, COVID, hey? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's probably a blessing. Something was going to happen that probably shouldn't have or something, but. Yeah, yeah. Gives you plenty of time to also. That's like. It's ultimate place for health and fitness. I wouldn't be as intense though. Like obviously the one we went on was like whatever he ordered, that's what you ate and there was yeah. no, nothing outside of that. Yeah. I mean, this is me being full honest here, but like, yeah, there definitely was a day where like I snuck out to like one of the like little set, like their version of like a 7-Eleven and like stole some Oreos. So uh, if perhaps this <laughs> This you'll be disappointed in me now. <laughs> you might not have a job on Monday morning, eh? You might call me after this. <laughs> now I um I stayed pretty strong to be honest, and uh, I did have take protein with me though, so I did have a couple of protein shakes, and I got coconut water and stuff, and uh, yeah, the odd Red Bull maybe, but food wise, <laughs> it's pretty good. But yeah, yeah I got lean. Like I would have dropped easy two or three percent in Bali. Um, yeah, when I you. Humidity as well, right? Like not just the training and what we were eating, like because it was good food, like but definitely like the heat was like intense. That ice cream bar at the front, though, that was killing me every time I had to walk past that. <laughs> every time it was like a slap in the face. <laughs> but every time I go away, like I like to, you know, have a few beers and eat whatever I want to eat. So it was a bit of a change, but. Yeah, definitely. I think for, like, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like, I still felt like I had a holiday and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, usually when I go away 
for something, like I'm definitely a bit more relaxed. So it was a bit of a shake up and a bit different, but yeah, still really happy. Though. Yeah, I, like I loved it 100%. And uh, ice bath, that was my first ever ice bath. I've done a lot since then, yeah. but not with that much ice. Like them uh, barley dudes just carried bag of ice after bag of ice. And I was like, that's what I thought. I, I literally like, I was like, oh yeah, like a bit of water and some like, ice, like it's not going to be that bad. But bro, they were like bucketing like the <laughs> ice in there and it was just, I was watching them and every single bag that went in, I was like, all right, that's enough now. Like, <laughs> it was, um, it was something that I'd wanted to do for a long time, but probably didn't have the guts to do. But when you just put in a situation that it's got to happen, yeah so there's no way of getting out of it you've got to get in and i think that's like most things in life like unless you're put in that situation like sometimes you just will not do stuff so i mean that was one of the things that i really loved about that trip was like there were so many things there that i would not have done by, by myself or put myself through that i was like yeah cool like i felt like that was like overcoming like a big hurdle for me and um the you know having to stay in there for a certain time period and like you know, trying to calm yourself in that really, like, it's, it was, you were exposed, like, you know, you were trying to, like, hold yourself, like, yeah, it was a really big, I think, learning curve as well. Yeah, 100%. Let's, um, let's jump back a little bit. Let's tell us a little bit about what your upbringing was like, what you're like at school, how you got into the health and fitness industry. Cool. It wasn't too long ago for me. I'm, a <laughs> I'm only 25. So, um, but yeah, my, I grew up in Kalgoorlie. So um, it's, you know, in WA. So I'm currently in Perth. So it's about 600, 700 kilometers like inland. Um, so it's quite far away from the city. Um, so I would basically be like a country town. It's a mining town. And um, yeah, I grew up there. Um, I stay, I went through like primary school, high school and all that kind of thing. Um, and that was where my, my mom was from, um, and the rest of my family. Um, so yeah, Kalgoorlie was a great place to grow up in. Um, it's where I first got into fitness. So, um, my family was quite active. I was always good at sport and I was always, you know, doing something that involved movement. Um, so I was very, I think it was about 13 years old when I started going to the gym. Um, it was like at a local rec center where we had kind of grown up like swimming and doing all sorts of things. Um, but yeah, so I started when I was 13 and I started falling in love with fitness and how it made me feel then and there. Um, and, you know, the people that I got exposed to, I loved what they were doing. Um, that kind of really sparked my interest going into high school in health. Um, so, I always did really well in like health and phys ed and those kind of things and was never really great at maths or anything like that. So, I mean, you don't have to be for a PT. You only have to count to 10 most times. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so for me, that's where my spark happened. Um, I first actually started studying my Cert 3 in fitness when I was in year 11. Um, so I was, you know, studying school. I was doing extra work through um, like a um, VTech program or a vocational training education course. So um, it meant that the school actually allowed me to go to TAFE one day um, a week, um, work placement one day a week, um, and then I, was, I still had all my, like, study to pass TAFE. So um, we used to get a couple of free periods through school to help us, you know, catch up on things. And um, it was a great opportunity for, for me because when I was, like, at that point, I knew 
that I wanted to get into fitness and that's where I wanted to be. So um, I started studying my Cert 3 by the time I graduated year 11. I went straight into working in a gym as like a gym instructor. So I was, you know, um, doing them like the normal things that you learn doing your certificate three in fitness. So like health consultations, writing up programs, um, which was awesome because I had a group of um, people that worked in the gym there that I was able to learn a lot from. Um, and because they were my mentors throughout my Cert 3, um, I was able to go in there feeling quite confident in, you know, the gym setup. Um, and all those kind of things. So, And then in year 12, I studied my Cert 4 in fitness um, and basically I graduated on the Wednesday and I was straight into full-time employment um, working in a gym the Monday afterwards. So for me, I you know, haven't had the typical runoff and travel kind of bug that most of my friends have had, but um, I'm 100% fine with that. I'm very passionate about what I do. So um, for me, you know, I'm very, I suppose, career-driven, so fitness works perfect for me because it's, um, you know, that great, it gets to help people, but also um, I suppose it's just a fun way to connect with people and help them. So, yeah. 100%. And when did you make the move from Kalgoorlie to Perth? Um, I think, so I've probably been in Perth now maybe eight years. So I stuck around in Kalgoorlie for I think like a year or just over a year um, working in the gym there Um, and then I decided that um, for myself that if I wanted to grow as a trainer or, you know, pursue other um, avenues in fitness that moving to Perth was going to be the the next big thing. Um, So, yeah, so I actually, I moved in with some friends um, and made the travel. It was one of the, the, probably one of the hardest things um, was to actually move to Perth because I'm very close with um, my mum and um, my brothers. And so it was actually quite a bit heartbreaking having to drive away. It was a few tears and things like that, but it was also a really big point for me where I felt like I was um, growing as a person, like, you know, spreading my wings and fly, you know, (laughs) Uh, but yeah, so that was a big thing for me was moving to Perth um, because I knew that was the next step in um, my journey as a person, but also in, in my career. And where was your first gym in Perth? Um, I started working at um, Good Life. So um, I started working in a bigger gym. Um, So I actually, when I moved from um, Perth, sorry, from Kalgoorlie, I had a, it was quite a quick decision and I was like, yep, I'm jumping on this. So um, I started working as a membership consultant um, for the, for Good Life in Kingsway. Um, And then I was lucky enough to then be able to branch back into fitness once I'd kind of like moved in, settled down and, um, yeah, get back up on my feet. Yeah. How long did you stay at Good Life for? Um, I think I was with them, I think for f- like five or six years, probably, it would probably be about six years. Yeah. Um, so during that time, like I had been exposed to a lot of roles, um, which was great because I was able to, um, I guess, have some sales experience being a membership consultant. Um, I also went into um, management roles as well. So um, I was managing a team um, of about maybe 40 to 50 group fitness instructors at, at one point um, and then was lucky enough to be asked to look after a secondary club, which meant that um, not only was I needing to manage my time and, you know, my team of 40 to 50, but I was also then taking on another club that had a very similar um, 
number of staff members. So it was quite um, quite hectic, and um, but it was very good because I suppose I learned a lot of skills when it came to time management, time management, um, you know, managing people and, um, you know, how to get the best out of them, but also having things like, you know, KPIs and all sorts of things to, um, I guess, grow um, a side of the business um, and get a bit more exposure in there. So, yeah, it was quite, um, quite cool. Yeah, and was good life like it would have been really good for um, growth at such a young age to see the importance of like systems and, you know, all of that as well. Yeah, a hundred percent. And that's, that's probably something that I took away from working for such a bigger company and um, now moving into a bit of like a smaller, um, smaller business model um, is that they had, you know, very clear systems and processes for everything, you know, from, you know, handling, um, you know, a new employee and things like that. So um, that's obviously just one example, but like the people that I worked for as well, that was their, um, that's, they were also really great at those things as well. So for me, um, you know, going into now a management role where I'm, you know, managing a gym, um, that for me is very um, important to have systems and processes in place um, and it just creates consistency for each and every single person, whether they're a member, whether they're a staff member and, and myself. So it keeps us all on the same, um, I guess, playing field. Yeah, and what happened when you made the jump? How did that come about? What enticed you? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I've been working for Good Life for quite a while at that point in time. And, you know, I, I'm always very eager to jump on something. And um, I suppose, you know, when, when you feel like you're maybe um, stuck or you're plateaued, I suppose, you know, it's like most things, we need to shake it up a little bit to, to see and test it out. So, um, one of my friends, um, he was, I had worked with him at a Good Life um, in success which is quite far away from where I work now um and the he was working for the company he said hey let's catch up for coffee so went and caught up for coffee with him um we were just chatting about things that I was doing things that he was doing and then he's like why don't you come check it out so I I came and did a session and got exposed to the um, community and the and the vibes and that kind of reminded me of like why I first got into fitness and so um when i was in kalgoorlie you know one of the first things i really enjoyed was group fitness like a les mills class um and so you know i was 16 when i did my first les mills training and um group fitness has always been such a great passion of mine so i suppose working for um you know result-based training they um combine the group effect um of say what pt would be like strength and conditioning work or whatever it is that you're you know following um with that group and community um vibe so that really attracted me um so that i was kind of i guess having the best of both worlds um and then it was just a matter of like i loved loved this and decided to jump across and begin as a coach um in a club um with with my mate yeah and at good life were you sort of managing the coaches that were doing like les mills kind of work yeah, yeah. So um, at that point, like I was a group fitness instructor as well. Um, so um, I was then managing that department. So um, that meant that I was not only managing the business side of things, but, uh, you know, helping them to, um, I guess, fine tune their skills um, and which made me as well um, be able to look at myself and, um, you know, for what I'm, you know, trying to, 
get out of them, um, I suppose I have to apply myself as well. So um, it was a great opportunity to form some really good friendships with people as well there because you you do have to learn to, I suppose, be vulnerable and um, give a piece of yourself to them, you know, if you are trying to get them to, um, you know, embrace things and try things. And I think, you know, we always want to be perfect um, and I know I, I've always strived to be a perfectionist and it's maybe sometimes let me down. Um, so, you know, trying to encourage them to do something that's maybe not silly, but maybe something that gets them outside of their comfort zone um, and um, just really try and be themselves, um, you know, because I think being on a stage or sometimes being in a, in a management role or things like that, sometimes you feel like you need to um have this mask on or you need to be this person to to not show off but to I guess um broadcast yourself in front of these people so um you know sometimes the best moments are when you're actually a little bit more vulnerable and let yourself actually be there and people can actually relate to you and that's I suppose when you know especially as a group fitness instructor a lot of us try and um you know be this show off as sometimes so it's about being a bit more authentic and people love that and um that's what brings people back and it's the same as with the gyms people love what we do and what we're about um and so um yeah that's that's what brings them back is that community and the fact that it's quite real yeah 100 percent um so from good life doing les mills to rbt using more of a barbell what like what were the differences you found there yeah, I think, um, you know, teaching uh, a Les Mills group fitness class as opposed to like teaching an RBT, you know, group class, um, you know, there was some some similarities, but obviously a lot of differences as well. So I think, you know, being um, in the environment that we're in now, it's really about trying to get the best out of people when they're there in that situation. So a lot of what we, um, the way we would explain things, um, you know, realizing that sometimes too much information um, is is just more confusing than anything. So, um, you know, I suppose trying to really simplify things, um, improve it in the moment rather than trying to skip ahead like months in advance, Um, you know, trying to uh, analyse someone's movement and go, okay, what is it exactly that is going to help this person right there, right now? Um, So I guess a a lot of the things that I've taken away and I continue to try and better is I suppose my cueing and the way that I coach things um, without trying to overcomplicate things. Yeah, it's a tricky balance sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. Between everyone yeah. having that blank look on your fa- on their faces, like yeah. get it. Um, yeah. between filling them with too much that they don't know what, you know, what to focus on with that movement. Yeah, yeah. And I think like, and sometimes like, you know, like I was saying before, like it's okay to try things and and see if it works. Sometimes it won't work at all, Um, you know. So um, I guess it's about taking a moment to kind of pause and reflect on each um, session and see, okay, am am I doing what I should be doing or did they move better? Okay, yes. Then, you know, you don't feel so bad if it wasn't perfect, but they definitely are beginning to make progress and things like that, so... Yeah, so you've been at RBT two years. Yeah, yeah, in about a week or something. Yeah, and progress from a coach, you're now the manager. Yeah, yeah. So I look after one of their many clubs. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm based in Balcata. Yeah. And 
obviously you guys like it's a lot like what I do as well like you're not just getting the clients in and training them for 45 minutes like you really want to help them achieve their goals yeah I think yeah 100% like one of the I guess unique selling points of of what we do and and why we are good at what we do is that you know we do put a lot of time and effort into our members in the form of um, you know accountability supporting them um, whether that's through their nutrition, um, whether it's, you know, forming some habits and better routines. Um, But we're also just that person that really cares for them. So, you know, I think being in fitness, it's kind of like almost for some people like going to the hairdressers, like, you know, they they kind of share a lot of what's going on in their life with you. And um, we do form a really strong connection with these people so you know when they're upset we feel that when they're happy you know we're happy with them um so you know we're always making sure that you know we're we're there for our our little community and that's and that's why they keep coming back right so you know it's not just a gym where they walk in they jump on a treadmill and they run you know it's a place where they come to um be better um feel great about themselves but then also have that engagement with other people and see their friends and do things together. So yeah, we're always about, you know, celebrating our little fit fam. Yeah. hundred percent. And what are majority of your clients goals? I think, you know, being the the gym and what we do specialize in, like, I, I guess it's kind of in our name is that result-based training. So, you know, we do have, you know, a lot of people that come here to, I suppose, have a transformation. So I'd say we would work a lot more with kind of like gen pop, um, you know, people. Um, so people that are trying to lose weight, um, you know, the word tone um, and shape and, um, you know, but we definitely still then also attract people because of the style of training that we do have, um, you know, those that are trying to increase their strength um, and also, you know, build some muscle. Um, so, but yeah, gen pop is kind of like our, you know, main kind of niche, I suppose. And I think we're slowly winning the battle that people are starting to understand that, you know, lifting weights is a lot better for a weight loss journey than uh, going on a push bike ride or an elliptical or, a, you know, walking on a treadmill. Yeah, I think so, 100%. Like, I mean, there's, there's many, you know, myths and, you know, um, legends inside the, the fitness industry. So I think, you know, it's, it's a hard battle sometimes, like fighting against what people perceive is the correct thing to do. And there's obviously a lot of mis, um, misinformed people out there who are also keyboard warriors and share it with everybody. So I think, you know, we do have it a little bit tough sometimes trying to help people understand what is the best approach. Um, but letting them also understand that it's an individual journey but definitely you know for i think the the greatest thing that's come about of recent is that people do understand that you know there is a a very high um reliance on strength training um and building lean muscle to you know lose weight and i guess get to what they're actually looking for yeah so you get a client come in and uh you know they sign up and their next goal is you know to get on the path to losing 20 kilos what sort of approach do you take nutrition wise yeah so i mean like we we have a few different approaches like you know if someone has been training for a while then we obviously will and they have tracked food and different things like that previously like we will um, have a different conversation with them than if someone is kind of like 
brand new or doesn't really have much of an idea of you know what is what is good and what they should be fueling their body with um so you know when people first kind of start with us we will go down a very like um basic approach of like you know um palms fists and thumbs and just portion control basically um it's obviously not the most accurate way to track food and things like that but it's a great i suppose stepping stone for them to kind of understanding what they are eating so we'll usually give them you know a list of foods that are high quality um sources of protein um lots of veg um fat sources carbs um and um treats and all sorts of bits and pieces to like really help them understand that you can eat everything like you don't need to restrict something um you know it is really important for us to eat all the food groups and different sources of food so um yeah so we'll basically start them off with something like that set some targets um on what they should maybe be eating over a period of a couple of weeks and then because we're checking with them regularly um sometimes weekly sometimes daily if it's need needed be um you know we're able to then have those conversations with them reaffirm that what they're doing is you know working um obviously we balance their nutrition along their training um so we begin to just get them into a routine because it's no point throwing them straight into training 6 days a week so usually we'll get them to come in um three times a week and space it out over the period of a week so we might set them a goal of coming in and training like monday wednesday friday and every single day they're just a bit more active um so you know really getting out promoting some extra incidental exercise lots of walking and things like that so um i guess being very gentle and showing them that it's a stepping stone kind of pathway it's not just like a a race um really instilling the routines and daily habits yeah something i like that you said there is you know you're not eliminating any macronutrients you want to include protein you want to include fat and you want to include carbs there as well yeah. um how do you and something else like you really pointed out was just taking small steps just small daily steps over time compound how do you deal with the people who want to lose that 5 kilos in 4 weeks kind of approach yeah i think um it would be a matter of just being a bit realistic with them um you know like acknowledging that they have some goals is is really important so i think for as a coach like it's really important to not shoot them down um and rather than saying you know okay that's a bit too much maybe going okay that's great like that's awesome that you've got a goal like you know that's really important for us if we are looking to make progress um instead of maybe having this as your goal let's maybe make it a smaller goal so that it's easier for us to hit and then once we hit that say we hit it in like a week or two then it gives us something to then shoot for in the next week or two or four weeks or whatever it might be so i think maybe not shooting people down but sometimes being a bit truthful and honest and realistically helping them um will be more successful i think in the long run Yeah, 100%. And what's the next step you guys use once you don't use like your um palm, cup hand, thumb? Yeah. We um so we're lucky enough that um at RBT we have um a couple of people that work on an app um that's developed I suppose for us. Um so it's called Keystone and um we get our members to track their food through there. So um you know, once they have those principles of eating, you know, 
the main food groups and, and on all of it, um, you know, we will then get them to track, you know, their macros and things like that. So we'll usually set them a protein, a fat and a carb goal and obviously um, start to explain to them. So usually over that period of working them, with them while they're, you know, doing palms, thumbs and fists and things like that, we really explain, you know, the benefits of why we track food and why we eat certain, you know, why do we eat so much protein? What is it beneficial for? Okay, what do fats actually do inside our body? Like just so that I think a lot of people are kind of go like, oh, high protein, low carb diet works like it's perfect. Like, you know, and so I think as well, individualizing um, our approach towards them and trying to get, I suppose, what works best for them. But um, yeah, we begin to get them to start tracking their food and understanding it a little bit better um, and then how to work that into, I guess, calories in, calories out, um, you know, if that is their goal is to lose weight. Yeah, 100%. And do you use any heart rate tracking or anything like that there? Not personally, no. So, I mean, um, a lot of our members will just usually just go down the nutrition approach. Um, some people, uh, you know, will get into the um, fitness watches and things like that. But, um, yeah, our, our main focus, I suppose, is, is more the nutrition side of, of things. Yeah, well, training's for the mindset, really, isn't it? Nutrition's for the weight loss. Yeah, yeah. What um, do you preach steps or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously like we understand the you know me and you and, and us coaches as well. We understand why we why we try and get people to move more. So um, definitely, when we begin um, these people on their fitness journeys um, and their nutrition journey, we do obviously start to educate them about okay, why why do we get you to move more and why are we you know getting you to um, you know get out and go for a walk um, and why. Why is that important? Well, it's obviously going to be for recovery. It's also going to be because the more you move, the more you burn. So in, in fact, if you know if you're moving more, you will burn more calories, which means that you'll be losing weight and all those kind of things. So, um, But I suppose as well, uh, the mental benefits of getting outside and not being confined to four walls or stuck in front of a screen or anything like that. So um, definitely a big believer in you know, getting everybody to get out and be a bit more active, um, you know, hitting 10,000 steps or more a day. Um, so, yeah. And obviously, it's all around education, but how do you um, motivate people who are nailing it Monday to Friday but struggling to lock it down on a weekend? Yeah, it's always tough. Um, a lot of our members, you know, kind of, they have really great results in the beginning because they make such big changes um, over, you know, time. Um, and then they, I suppose, you know, they do start to kind of um, plateau and it's usually for that reason they they do so well um and then you know the weekend kind of lets them down so um i suppose it's kind of just for us would be having time to actually sit down with these people or have conversations with them and and maybe just go okay like you know where are we at you know what are your goals what do you actually think is stopping you so putting it back on them um and getting them to identify it um, because if they can go, okay, I think it's I go out on Saturday night and then because I've had a few to drink, I then start making some really bad nutrition choices or I stay up really late and then I'm not recovered so then I miss Monday and things like that. So the biggest thing I think is um, awareness um, because that's obviously the first step to making a change in anything is you have to be aware of it yourself. Um, so, yeah, usually what we would do is then have that conversation with them and get them to bring it up um, and then we can obviously go, we've got a way in to work on that matter with them. Yeah, for sure. And have you learned this through any courses or anything like that or is it just all through sort of self-education? 
Uh, I think a lot of this that I like I have learned has actually just been from being in in the fitness industry. Um, you know, things that you know I have read myself. You know, and I suppose in the fitness industry, you've always got to stay current with what's kind of going on. There's so many changes, and there's so much literature, and there's so much information out there. So a lot of this is obviously staying up to date with what is kind of trending and what is happening. Um, but then also, I guess, like trial and error from myself and with my clients and um and just having really good conversations with like people like yourself and and people other people that are in the industry um you know supporting each other and um i suppose helping each other out um so a lot of what i've learned is not only from myself but from others yeah and rbt are really good at um education of staff yeah, so they um, one of their biggest things is, is education. Um, you know, when I came on, that was one of the things that they, you know, um, really kind of preached. So, um, you know, we've had seminars with people from like Muscle Nerds and, you know, other, um, you know, great pillars of information in our industry. Um, so, yeah, they're definitely putting it out there for their staff. Um, and I suppose that's why people also do come to us because we, uh, the company does invest back into those people that are, that are working with them. Yeah. And what are some of the best transformations? Like what really lights you up as a coach that first come to mind? Yeah, I, I think like someone having like a big physical like transformation is always great. Like, you know, when you look at like a before and after photo, like, you know, and to see them, um, you know, accomplish that and what that actually means to them, not only physically, but also like mentally, emotionally, like there's a there's a big journey that's behind just those two photos. And sometimes people will look at that and go, oh, yeah, great. Like they're just in their undies and, you know, they've, they've you know, just restricted themselves so but it's the backstory for for me as a coach of like working with that person and actually being part of that journey for them um but something for me that i think i much i get a lot sorry get my words get excited about more is actually seeing somebody move better um so you know like watching somebody being able to squat heavy like you know is, is a great thing but being able to watch somebody squat at a full range of motion and getting the most out of, you know, their bodies um, or, you know, having worked with somebody who has chronic back pain and then being able to, like, you know, work with their mobility, strengthening, um, you know, giving them things to do at home to benefit themselves and then seeing that they can come into a session and then one day you would just be looking at them and they'll just start moving perfectly and they'll just, or without pain, like something that they could never do before. So for me, it's more about that because, I know how much that makes them happy that they can nail something in the gym. Yeah. Obviously, you're super passionate. How do you pass that on to your staff? I think the biggest thing um, for who I work with um, in my club is we're just very open and honest about um, about everything. So, you know, we will have conversations about, you know, what are we working with with our clients? Um, you know, where is this person at? Um, and we discuss many things with them. And so it uh, really brings not only um, our gym community together, but it brings us together as a team of coaches. So, um, you know, we're able to then um, really be on the same page um, and bounce ideas off of each other. And sometimes things will work and sometimes things won't work. But, um, you know, by having us united, it just brings a better front for when we step out of, you know, our office into onto the gym floor and expose that chemistry that we have as together, then obviously is apparent to everybody else too. 
Yeah. And have you been always naturally pretty lean? Um, yeah, when I was in school and just growing up, I was always like this little skinny kid um, and I was very, very, very small. Um, I went through a period of time uh, maybe just before I, yeah, before I started working at RBT where I had put on some weight um, and even though I was teaching classes and even though I was still training, like I thought that I was quite fit, but um, it wasn't until I kind of started working for RBT and I did my first like um, transformation challenge with my members there that I, you know, realized that, oh, okay, actually I, I'm maybe not in the best shape possible um, for, for me. And that really made me think about, okay, well, what is that saying about me as a role model um, for those that I'm working with? So, um, but also it was more about me. So I was like, okay, am, am I actually happy with how I am right now? Um, and am I just kind of saying one thing but doing another. So it was a really big eye-opening, I suppose, um, situation for me to then then put my fitness and my health first. Um, and I suppose um, that has helped me to then understand it for my members who come to me um, and for them to actually realise that, yeah, I've also gone through a, a bit of a transformation myself um, and, um, yeah, some credibility, I suppose. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, like I know you track your food, and whatnot, but I also understand that it's not for everyone, like, and there are their measurements, but, like, it is worth pursuing for a certain amount of time because you'll learn so much about your food and fueling your body perfectly. Like, I know when I'm track. Like, now I'm uh, in the middle of a program and I'm 45 mm -hmm. days and I've hit my macros every day, and that's yeah. where you notice the body change is when you're just hitting that protein, fat, and carbs on a regular basis. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, I, 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 as a coach, wouldn't expect every single person to coach, uh, sorry, to track all the time. Like, you know, tracking is definitely a great tool if you have a goal in mind. Um, so, like, classic example was like, you know, COVID has just recently hit. Um, for me, I a lot of what I did in COVID was different to what I would do when I'm not like in a gym or anything like that. I really took that time to um, take a break from training as much and put some like focus um, down another path, um, you know, rather than being in strength training, focusing on my mobility and um, injury management. Cause I'd recently just kind of had a bit of an ankle injury before that. But um, you know, I definitely believe that tracking has its place if you have a goal in mind, but tracking also has, um, the ability to give you the power to eat intuitively, which is quite a, a big thing in the fitness industry at the moment is everybody's kind of saying like intuitive eating is the thing. Um, it's the latest buzzword. So um, you definitely learn a lot and you can then look at food and then kind of go, oh, yeah, like that's about this and that's about that. And you can then, I suppose, eat and fuel your body accordingly. Um, but I am a big believer that, you know, if you do have a goal in mind, that tracking definitely helps you stick to it. Um, and, you know, it's like anything. If you're, you know, trying to buy a house, you look at your finances and you check your banking app a little bit more often than others. If you're not trying to buy a house, you don't really look at your banking and all that kind of thing. So, um, you know, for me, that's, that's kind of the analogy that I use with most people. Yeah, great analogy. I know myself, like... Like I never preach that you do it all the time, you know, it's do it while you, you need to and like I'm doing it now but like I was off it for a while and then you start back up and you track what you were doing and you're like, oh, geez, I was way off like over time. Yeah. It's 
slowly just creeps out of proportion, doesn't it, when you don't check back into where you were at? 100%. And I'm such a sweet tooth. Like, I love, like, lollies and cake and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, and again, like, it's great to have all that kind of stuff in your diet, like, if you love it. But, um, yeah, definitely during, like, the COVID period, I was, like, I was helping myself too much. So um, really coming back out of it and tracking, it's a whole different story. I'm like, oh, okay, that's that was definitely too much. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned mobility. Do you think it's a big part? Yeah, I think like, like I was saying to you earlier, like the biggest thing that gets me excited is when someone can move better. And that's kind of been, uh, it's always been my goal to be able to move better and to have better flexibility and um, range of motion and things like that. So um, during COVID, I really took the time to um, reach out to people that are actually um, move well and you know are you know super flexible and really get some you know i had some like one-on-one pt sessions via zoom and you know had a bit of a program put together for me so um you know and that's kind of sparked my interest in being able to move better even more so than what i did before and, and the passion that i had for it then so um you know when i first started here in valcata um you know i tried to introduce like a um, mobility session uh, it was kind of hit with a bit of resistance at the start but now people actually are starting to move better they understand why um why we do it and it's actually turned out to be a lot of the a lot of our members their favorite session of the week so i'm pretty happy about that i feel like that's a small win um but yeah i think for me like i realized you know being quite tall and long and things like that by having um restrictions with movement um, and then trying to obviously move through it just creates a lot of injury and pain and then, you know, puts you on the back foot. So, um, yeah, for me, that's that's my main focus right now is improving my flexibility in all aspects um, so that I can move better, um, but then so that I can also do some real cool tricks and things like that. That's, that's, the, that's the end goal. Yeah, it changes your sp- perspective on that as you get older. Like I remember when I was younger, I'd walk by and you'd see people at the beach doing sort of different things with mobility and you would like, yeah. like didn't think much of it. Where now when yeah. I go to the beach and I see people doing it, I'm kind of amazed. Like I think it's so cool. Yeah. I've used this isolation period as well. Like I was just thinking this morning working it out. I've been going nine weeks, like Monday to Friday, of following a mobility program and noticed yeah. huge improvements. But it's something that I know that I need and I know a lot more people need too, but mm. I just I haven't found the exact recipe to, to pass it on just yet. But I know when I can do it better, people are going to be more inclined to, I guess, follow the lead. Yeah, and I think like, you know, when, you know, when COVID did hit, like, you know, um, RBT did launch like an online training program for their members. Um, And so one of the things that they wanted to implement was some mobility or some kind of yoga. Um, And I mean, we don't really have, you know, a coach over here that is a yoga instructor. So, I mean, being a bit more passionate about mobility and flexibility, I was thrown in there and asked to kind of help out. So um, it was amazing to actually get a lot of feedback from all the other members at our other clubs to be like yes like this is exactly what we need um and it's just good like i mean you know if people are working from home like especially like probably still like for you guys and um where you guys are like if you're not in a gym and people are working from home and not that commute like people are just moving less um there's a lot more sitting down um and you know the body just tightens up 
and it does not want to move freely. So um, I think it's been really important for our members to see that's what we have been working on, like how important it was prior to this and now even more so. Yeah, like I watch my boys move, you know, the way they move their hips and that in the bath and, you know, like Eli sits right into that, you know, deep squat as he's playing and it's just comfy as. Yeah. And, you know, I've been to Thailand and stuff in the past and they're sitting in the bottom of the squat eating. Like it's yeah. how our body's designed to move. It's just through pure laziness that it's, it's not. And, yeah. uh, you know, I've coached kids that, you know, aren't that old, end of primary school, start of high school, and they, they're that tight. It's like the generations are get, It's getting worse too. Like I'm actually a little bit worried to what the state of kids will be like when they're, you know, 20 with movement. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that all, like, for most, like, if we're talking about younger generations, like, I think it all starts really from, like, you know, the role models that they have, and that's usually their parents, right? So, you know, I think, you know, most people are quite sedentary that we work with, you know, whether it's their job and things like that. Like, so a lot of what gets passed down to us as kids, like, we know that we're very impressionable from a young age. So, you know, what they see um, obviously, you know, transcends into their lifestyle later on down the track. So it's so important and it's such a big thing that we also preach to our members here is that, like, what you are doing is not only for yourself but the ripple effect that has on, you know, the people you work with, the people that you live at home with, your kids. Um, you know, it's, it's so much more than just... 45 minutes in the gym like for them it does have such a greater reach um and that's probably why i think uh, my passion has stayed so strong is that knowing that what i do with that one person doesn't just stop there it does continue to um flow on from there and it has a greater reach yeah for sure and obviously as a like i have it who's the people in the health and fitness industry who you sort of really follow nice and close on social media and whatnot yeah, well, I mean, being so heavily involved in um, Les Mills and um, I suppose being a presenter for them, like a lot of who I look up to are their, themselves, like the um, the creative people behind the classes um, and the presenters and trainers that actually, you know, are under the umbrella of Les Mills. So, um, but, you know, we also have a very strong leadership team within um, our, the Asia Pacific branch. So, you know, through them, you know, we've done a lot of work on, like beliefs, values, empathy, um, you know, they upskill us in social media use um, and all sorts of things like that. So um, for me, it's been a great opportunity to not only um, be a group fitness instructor for them, now work for them. Um, so, yeah, it's great to also be involved in um, being able to reach out to those instructors and have a bit more, um, I suppose, um, hands-on approach with, with them as well. And how do you balance, like, being the manager at RBT and your Les Mills? I'm not going to lie. It, probably prior to um, COVID hitting, I think, you know, I, I did injure myself and I think that was kind of like a bit of a sign to slow down a little bit and I definitely was overworking and trying to commit to too much. Um, so, you know, for myself... Uh, I work full-time in a gym. In my free time, I teach group fitness classes um, to groups of people. Um, and then, you know, 
being part of the Les Mills team, um, you know, we're required to um, learn workouts and present them at workshops for instructors and, um, you know, I guess um, motivate them and really inspire them to take that into their classes. Um, so it's, um, it's great to be um, involved in all that kind of stuff. But I think for myself, I, when this all kind of happened, I did take a look at, you know, how much I was committing to and how tired I was um, by trying to fit so much in. So now coming out of, you know, that period, my focus is not only on my mobility and my movement, but also having more balance throughout my life um, and doing some of the things that I enjoy. So which will probably mean that I need to reassess how much I was kind of giving out. Um, so, but I'm still very, very happy and content with, you know, what I have and what I do. It will just be a matter of making sure that I don't um, overwork myself again. <laughs> 100%. Let's start to wrap it up. We might jump into these five questions that I ask all my guests before we finish. Yeah. Tell me something about you that no one would know. Um, hmm. I, I think I've, okay, two things. I, I hate feet. So which obviously is weird, like working in a gym, like, you know, people, you know, and working with them, but um, it's one thing that I do not like. So all my members know that when we are training, it's like socks on, like, bare minimum like if your shoes are coming off like you've got to keep them covered i just can't deal um (laughs) but the other thing is i'm actually quite scared of like bugs and insects like i know it's not really like a fitness thing but like i'm petrified of anything that can creep crawl fly and people think it's hilarious and but they don't actually realize how scared i get so um yeah that's where i can kind of go from like a six foot two male to like screaming and running and, yeah, curling up in the corner. <laughs> Perfect. Best piece of advice you've ever been given? Um, yeah, there's definitely, like, two really influential pieces of advice that I've been given. Um, one was from a really close friend of mine. Um, his name's Scott Hook, and um, he told me that um, never forget the basics. So whether you're an athlete um, or whether you're f- – you know, starting off your fitness journey or any journey at all, the basics are always the same for everybody. And it doesn't, you know, you you don't get to where you are if you haven't already become a master of the basics. So for us, um, I suppose, being in, in our gym environment, like that's a really big thing for us that we start with people when they first come in. It's like nailing the basics of movement. Okay, can you squat and get your hips to parallel. Okay, no. Okay, how are we going to get you there? Okay, you don't actually get to load up your bar until you can do these kind of things. And it's not a matter of like, you know, you must do this and you must do that, but it's actually then teaching them and showing them, you know, how to get there. Um, And it's, you know, and then when you get to being where you are, like the basics are still exactly the same. So, and that's, you role model that. So with your movement and things, so, um, and that just comes into management. You're, you're not in management because you jumped ahead. You know, you started off where they were and it's really important that whatever you do, you still do those basics to then role model that to, to them. And that's how you are relatable. So, um, that's one thing for me. And my second thing is probably to, um, be more authentic, 
and be a bit more vulnerable. So that was something that one of my um, mentors, Amanda Breen, gave me. She works for um, Les Mills um, and we've worked alongside them for quite some time now, but um, really letting pieces of ourselves come out in our day-to-day life and teaching classes um, and creating that relatability and um, yeah, that's when you really feel like you're in that good spot is when you actually let yourself go and you're not trying to be something because somebody, you know, you think that's what they need at that time or that they're going to think of you that any other different way. So um, just being yourself is 100% okay. And I think a lot of more, lot of people really need to embrace that more and um, yeah, be a bit more vulnerable. That's when the fun stuff happens. Do you think that that's kind of doing a bit of a swing? Like, I don't know if it was really, um, I guess, taught to us that much as kids to be a little bit vulnerable and to be, you know, authentic, but I think it's doing a little bit of a swing. Yeah, I 100% agree. Like, I mean, when I was growing up through school, like I was I was bullied quite a lot in high school and things like that just purely from the way that I acted and behaved and that really put a, a big kind of cage on who I felt like I had to be and what I had to do to be like what everyone thought I needed to be. Um, so, you know, being told to be yourself, I was like, well, I am. Like, I, I am being myself. Like, you know, and it wasn't until much later in life that I realised that, okay, these things that have happened to me in my life, like I've actually really been hiding who I am and it was actually quite um, draining. So, I suppose it's not something that you can just snap your fingers and, like, you, you're yourself again. Like, sometimes you really need to do a lot of um, deep Uh, looking deep into like why you are the person you are, like looking at things like your beliefs, um, your values um, and, and why you do things in your life. And once you start doing that, that for me was like such a big turning point when we started looking at beliefs and values, like that really opened my eyes up to like events that had happened in my like childhood and adulthood that was like, oh, okay, that's why I react like this. And like, you know, why when I interact with this person, do we act a certain way? Like, why does what he do, like, really rub me up the wrong way? So um, that was quite a crucial turning point. And I think a lot of people are becoming a lot more educated about that right now. Um, so there's a lot more information and a lot more, I guess, empowerment behind that kind of stuff. Yeah, just one, like, one quote that I think of a lot is, like, just be you. Yeah. Which is exactly what you just said. Yeah. Question three, is there anything that's happened to you that you thought would be the worst thing in your life that's turned out to be a blessing? Um, probably I'll just go with COVID when this hit, I thought it was the worst thing ever. Um, you know, like especially for us in our industry, um, in, in WA, we were given literally less than 12 hours notice. Like it was announced at like eight o'clock at night on a Sunday and we had to close our doors by lunchtime. That's just over 12 hours, but we had to close by lunchtime the next day. Um, and you know, my whole world was turned upside down when that happened. Like I felt like a piece of me was taken away um, because fitness, you know, it's not just how we train ourselves and, and that we do it for ourselves, but it's also how we connect with people, especially being in our industry. And it just really took a sense of belonging away as well because obviously we, I spend so much time and my coaches, we spend so much time in our gym with our people and we know them so well. And then it felt like we were just being ripped apart because, you know, all of a sudden we no longer can be in our gyms, the social distancing and all these kind of things like that. But it allowed me a lot of time to go away from this and really realize what I valued most um, and think about my life priorities um, and have a bit more of a perspective of 
balance in my life. You know, there were so many things that I did that I thoroughly enjoyed um, in isolation and, you know, then trying to then take pieces of that into, you know, the new normal um, and make that part of my daily habits and routines. Like, so that's been really important for me. Yeah, for sure. It's um, Was the Monday session for you guys before you closed up in the morning, were they busy or were they really quiet? They were packed. Um, and they, it actually was like one of the sessions in particular, like there was music going, like everyone was moving. And I was like, I was crying, like in the gym, I was legitimately like crying, like ugly tears. Like no, no one should have seen me, but it was like, you know, what we, what we have was just being taken away from us. But it was like just seeing people enjoying, like not only like, cause they were dying. Like it was a disgusting workout. We were putting through like, well, if we're going to do one last workout, it may as well be like, gross um so they were dying but then there were people like singing and laughing and it was just like it was this out of body experience in that time um so it's been a blessing um and very grateful that we've obviously been able to come back to that um and i guess the time away from it all has made us realize how good we had it and how much we actually miss um what we have yeah how good and how did travis handle the closure like he would have um, been pretty proactive i guess yeah, yeah, Trav was really good. Like, I mean, we had a meeting the very next day, like when that announcement was made. Like, we obviously knew it was coming at some point. We just didn't realise it was going to be so quick. Um, so, you know, it was very, very, you know, it was basically straight away. So the next day we had a meeting. This is exactly what's going to be happening. This is how we're going to roll it out. This is what we're going to do. Um, and, you know, it was I was lucky enough to be involved in helping get it all started um, and, you know, helping with programming and how we're going to do certain things. And, um, you know, that was, that was great. It was good to be a part of all that. But, um, yeah, it was we needed to adapt fast. Yeah, I mean, we'd be all very prepared if it happened again, but God, I hope it doesn't happen again. I know, right? I, I think it also jumped the on like a, the fitness online like forward years. Like you know, obviously, online PT and online training was always kind of out there, but I think this kind of like made everybody go, "Okay, I need to do, I need to jump on this train if I want my business to survive, or how can I better service my members?" Um, and it was literally Zoom classes, Facebook Lives, like, you know, and we were, and a lot of coaches were learning as they were going, you know, um, and it was all trial and error. And a, a lot of people have learned a lot of skills from this. So, I mean, it's a great thing that, you know, I think gyms will also still have to at some point um, realize that they'll need to still cater to people that want to train from home um, because we've created this product and people have purchased equipment and things like that now too. So, um, I mean, it's great for us because now we can continue to keep developing these skills and taking it maybe that little bit further. Yeah, 100%. Do you think, did Les Mills memberships sort of went up significantly online? Yeah, well, I mean, they have a product themselves. Um, so Les Mills International does have a product of like on-demand classes. So that became very big, um, I think, in because it is in many countries as well as Australia. Um, but, I mean, even that was – that's what I was doing. Like, you know, I was like, oh – I'm a bit bored, like I can't really motivate myself to pick up a barbell that's out in my backyard. So what am I going to do instead? Um, so, yeah, it definitely was a bit of a lifesaver for our members, but it does, 
it, it's obviously it serves the purpose of them training, but it did not satisfy, you know, that they come to the gym for that person um, and, and what we bring to our classes and makes what makes it unique and makes it special. So it has also created that longing and, um, and yeah, the experience in a group fitness room is completely different to doing it in your, uh, in your lounge room. Yeah, it served the perfect purpose for sure, but I think like the gyms are still the way forward. Um, 100%. Like for a lot of people, their lives are that busy that you know it's kind of like up brecky kids work and them getting their gym set wherever that is morning or night. That's yeah. kind of like their church for the week. That's their connection with people outside of their family, outside of their work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think people like this whole break in during isolation, things like that, they actually realise how much they rely on it. Like, you know, before it was maybe the one thing that fitted in a, around everything else and then, oh, if something needed to give, it was usually that. Um, so I think for us, what we've realised from our conversations with people having been open for like two weeks now is that they realise how much they have missed coming to the gym and what it actually meant to them and not only physically but mentally um, and and emotionally as well. Yeah, for sure. And out of the members, like what percentage of your members came back? I think obviously, um, you know, COVID hit people not only from a health perspective but from a financial perspective as well. Um, so, you know, for a lot of people, they're still out of a job or they're still, you know, not, you know, earning as much money as what they were and things like that. So we're probably looking at about 50% of our member base came back when we first opened and then it's slowly but surely trickled through and, you know, we've got people that, you know, we stay in contact with them no matter whether they're paying or not paying or anything like that because we understand that what we have is more than just that um but yeah so we run little things to keep everybody engaged and moving and um so yeah i think you know we're looking at going back to where we were um it might take a little bit longer but it's also opened up um, a lot of interest in what we do and we've also had a lot of people within the last couple of weeks you know get really excited about the gym and, and join that were previous members or brand new because their friends are coming here and things like that too so it's been a, a bit of a blessing disguise i suppose yeah and out of the 50 percent that did come back what percentage of them hadn't really trained at all um so the ones that have come back i, I would say we had maybe let's go with 40% maybe had kind of taken a bit of time away from the gym. Like they were still active in obviously getting out and things like that. But, you know, um, we obviously had online training, so we were still servicing a lot of our members through that, um, not just in Balcata, but Perth and Australia. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, I was reading an article that was saying that, you know, due to COVID-19 that, you know, even though people were seen to be more active in out walking and doing online classes, it actually increased the amount of sedentary, um, you know, lifestyle because people aren't moving so much, you know, and commuting, walking to work and, and those kind of things and, and laziness, you know, because, you know, when you're at home, the last thing you want to do is work out in your lounge room because lounge room is your lounge room where you sit down and do nothing, you know, and watch TV. So, um, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Question four, where do you want to be in five years? Um, I think for myself, I see myself still being heavily involved in in the gym that um, I'm in. Um, I really love, you know, what we do and, you know, where we're at. Um, 
I don't have any big goals of owning my own gym or anything like that, um, but I definitely, um, you know, want to increase my knowledge in, you know, many aspects um, of fitness in, in, in our industry um, and help mentor people because I think that was such a, a big thing for me when I first started out was I had some really strong mentors and they all kind of had um, their niche that they sat in. So I think for me, um, my next step in my journey is figuring out what my niche is and committing um, some time, effort and money as well into um, developing that um, so that I can be a better mentor to the people I work with, you know, potential clients that I work with um, and just myself, some personal development would be great. Do you have any inkling to what your niche might be? I'm not sure at this point in time. Um, I like, I like I said to you, like mobility and movement is kind of where I am interested in at the moment, and so you know I'm exploring that avenue for myself to see if this is something that I could see myself, you know, putting more time and effort into. Um, a few of my friends are doing, like you know, and people that I work with, they're doing courses. Um, you know, a couple of people that I work with, they're doing like a real movement course and things like that. So that's kind of sparked my interest, like seeing like what they're doing and like videos of them like juggling and. Things like that, and I'm like, hmm, you know. So I'm probably going to reach out to them within the next kind of week or two, and like, you know, pick their brains about it all. But um, I think that's kind of where I see myself at the moment. Yeah, real movement project camps are crazy. I've uh, been on a few. Um, Yeah, look up um, Troy Savage. I've had him on the podcast. Actually, he's um, really good with mobility. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, Question five. Favorite quote. Favourite quote? Um, I think for me, one that uh, I've liked for a long time is uh, be deliberate in life. Um, I don't know who has actually written it. I came across it one time scrolling um, through my Instagram. But um, that for me was quite, it resonated really well. So um, for me, what I take from that is whatever you do, be 100% and do it. Um, You know, don't ever do something because you think someone else you know, we'll appreciate that or don't do something half-hearted. Um, if you're going to be involved in something and you're going to be about something, like do it um, and be fully committed, whether it works or whether it doesn't work because either way you're going to learn and grow from that situation. So, yeah, be deliberate in life. Love it. Where can the listeners find you? Social media? Yeah, I'm very active on my Instagram. That's probably the best place um, to find me. So the chids is uh, my Instagram handle. Um, so, yeah, that you can hit me up there if anyone's interested. Yeah, if you've got any questions, send them away. Thanks for your time, mate. No worries, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Later. I'm sick of us not doing this right. That's why I think I've gotten you from my life. No more. I'm sick of us not doing this right. That's why I think I'm cutting you from my life. No more wasted energy spending a pace for every hour of waste. I need an escape to center me. And I don't mean to make a rush for the door, but time's a currency, I'm currently poor. I'll be leaving it soon, I don't mean to be rude, but this scene ain't for me. Thanks for listening, guys. If you liked it, can you take a screenshot, pop it on your Instagram story, and tag Logan Thorpe and Logan Thorpe Fitness? Uh, that'll help me spread the word. Uh, I've got two really good episodes coming up next. Uh, Alexa Townley. Uh, Action Alexa works at 98 Riley Street. Uh, She has a really cool story with alcohol. And Sam McCall, who's written one of of my favorite books, um, A Higher Branch. After reading it, I reached out to him, and he was more than happy to jump on, uh, which was really exciting. But till then, later.